Do you have after NFL draft blues? Are you just sick and tired of waiting for more football news now that there's nothing till not even OTAs? We got your fix right here. Folks, this is the push-off. Welcome to an episode of the Push Shop Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last weekend while getting you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, moving up into this spot is worth more than a third-round pick, right? That's right, Dan. Um, So we're back uh, to discuss, obviously, the NFL draft that occurred and everything else. we, We fell off on a few weeks here. We so didn't. we we got to address why. Yes, obviously. You you are a new homeowner. Congratulations. That's right. That's right. I, uh, I moved out to the burbs. I'm out of the city now. As you uh, trailblazed yourself initially. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always consider myself a pioneer and a hipster. Uh, you know, the suburbs. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm really Lewis and Clarking it out here in Palos Hills. But uh, and then we on my end, um, all of the people that were here. Since the twins were born, they all went home. So we lost they, all of our like twin support. And now it's just, yeah. They well, I mean, they all have lives to live. We appreciate sure, all the yeah. help they put in. But you go, oh right, yeah. Two people shouldn't be raising twins. This like when they say it takes a village. What they didn't say was like for twins. That's actually the recommendation. Ugh. Is a village. And it, They're like at yeah. least a village. And it's not just the twins. It's it's also your uh, first yeah. young little daughter too. But I'll, I'll tell you what, man. If it was even if it was just the twins, I'd be like, "Nah, we need some people. <laughs> we, need, we need bodies." Yeah. So obviously, we got busy. Everybody, uh, you pack away the recording equipment, and you're like, I, "You know what? Hopefully, I find it in the box when I get there." <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've moved quite a bit uh, since my time in Chicago. I sh- I talk, counted it up. It was like been there for 15 years. I moved eight times. Eight. Ooh, yeah, times. I was. I was probably yeah. I was probably in the low teens by the time i was done you helped me move once or twice yourself you uh you and my brother constantly with my mom helped me move so (laughs) those are when i was going from small apartment to small apartment it was like it's time to stop that let's get one of these homes that people talk about let's own (laughs) let's finally own something (laughs) so that's yeah that's why we didn't finish we didn't talk about edge rushers and we didn't talk about tackles so Um, the good thing is i didn't have any more elites like, no more elites. Th- is that good though? Well, it that seems was the like one a weak thing class. I talked about. And no, it wasn't a weak class. That that was the thing that kind of sucked. Is it wasn't a weak class of of offensive linemen at least. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a weak class for edge rushers, but for offensive linemen, it was really good. I just didn't have any elite prospects. I had a bunch of first round grades to give out, but no elites. So I know you know the push off is known for its elite grades, but we only had three this year. That's yeah. it. So uh, you you gave um, Rashawn Slater an elite grade, but you also we talked about him in guards, and that's a little different than where he might be playing with the Chargers now, picked in the Chargers yep. pick in the first round. And um, the other two elites we had were wide receivers. Am I right? Mm-hmm. It was Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase. So that was it for here, and all three went in the top uh, 
13? Rashawn Slater, uh, yeah. the last one off the board um, at pick 13, yeah, yeah, to the Chargers. And then the uh, wide receivers went to the Eagles. Eagles trading up for Devonta Smith and uh, Jamar Chase to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that pick, even though they, they passed on uh, uh, Sewell. Yep. And that that's my segue then. Sewell was not an elite for you, according to your tape. for me. And so, why not? So there were a few things. One, Penny Sewell plays a, a catch technique offensive tackle, which I do not like. I actually have not seen it traditionally do very well um, at the next level. Another guy that's uh, very was commonly held in a very high regard scouting-wise and then really hasn't panned out career-wise was Jonah Williams. If you remember Jonah Williams coming out of Alabama, yeah. everybody's like, he's amazing, he's amazing. I'm like, he's got this weird fucking catch technique. He's not a guy that punches you in the mouth and manhandles you. And there's things where... I love when I see an offensive lineman dance because they do that. They're all dancing bears. If you're a good left tackle, if you're a left tackle prospect, you can dance. But when I don't see the constant, when I don't see the punch engage, that worries me that you're not going to be able to handle that shit at the next level. So, you know, Sewell actually didn't do very well against straight bull rush because he's very good at kind of catching you and moving you around. But if you came at him straight with power, I was always more impressed with what Slater was putting on tape. So that's why Slater edged him out as an elite in the offensive line. Nice. All right, so I'm already noticing, uh, and you know, this is behind the curtain stuff, but we're freezing up a little bit. So if I don't respond to you right away, just keep talking <laughs> through it. Uh, oh, we're on wait, a separate me recording. keep talking? Are you sure? <laughs> we won't have, nothing will be of issue uh, in the end. <laughs> um, so Penny Sewell goes uh, number seven to the to the Lions. Is it a fall? Is it not? I guess it was about what we expected him to be in the I think draft. it's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we can, we can discuss kind of where we were with that stuff, but because we missed tackles, I'm leaning in there a little bit. My guys, my Vikings took a tackle. They took Christian Derisaw. Obviously, you're saying he's not an elite. Was he second in tackles on your board after Sewell first? Did you like some things that you liked him more than you liked Penny Sewell maybe? So, there, yeah, there were a few things that I liked. Um, Christian Derrissaw is a much more aggressive tackle. So in terms of a guy that you can grade out at the pro level and feel pretty confident with, Derrissaw was right up there. I didn't have him with a top 15 grade. I had him with a first-round grade. So when you guys were in that realm and it's like, uh, you know, I remember you during the draft were talking about, oh, we can get Derrissaw here. And I was like, ah, yeah. it's a little early. When you traded back and got him at, what was it, 23? Yeah. I was like, marvelous, marvelous. That's exactly where he's scouted to go. You guys got more, you know, got more equity out of the draft and still got the prospect that you wanted. It was it was masterful. Slick Rick, baby. Good. Yeah, and I, I, I liked it there too. I what's interesting, very interesting, and I think it's something you have to watch as you go forward is the Jets traded up, and what they traded up that far to get was Elijah Vera Tucker. And Elijah Vera Tucker yeah. was sitting right there for the Vikings too. He could have played guard. He has played tackle before, so that's an option, but he's probably we a guard. We talked about him as a guard. Yeah, you know? Jets are going to use him as a guard for sure because they have Mekhi Becton. So mm-hmm. that's interesting that the Jets were like, we are going up and we are going to fix this offensive line, and that's who the, our guy is, and we want to make sure no one else takes him. Whereas I don't – offensive linemen other than that weird uh, Alabama Alex Leatherwood pick by the Vegas Raiders yes, didn't really reach. go off the board a bunch after that. I don't. So I'm. What I'm trying to lean into is I like how the the Vikings. I felt like the Jets maybe gave up two third rounders to go all the way up there to take a guard that was anybody else going to snag 
I mean, yeah, probably somebody, but yeah, there wasn't I mean, a lot of offensive linemen going. The funny thing is, I actually did have a, uh, I did have a first round grade on Tevin Jenkins, who actually went in the second round to the your hated Chicago Bears. I apologize. Yeah. And the Bears um, traded up for him too. Bears gave up a lot of draft picks for those first two picks. They did, and so, you know, <laughs> we always talk about this. The game is not played with draft picks. Like right. you don't, <laughs> you don't roll out there Sunday and go, all right, I got forty three dudes, but uh, I got ten draft picks, and they're all in the first three <laughs> rounds. Like you don't say that shit. It's it's bodies. You need bodies. What draft picks allow you to do is throw more darts to the board because a fifty percent. It's like basketball, where it's like fifty percent from the field is actually pretty good. You yeah. know, you're doing yeah. pretty good if you're getting fifty percent of your draft picks are turning into just even guys, not even great ones but like you've got to be running it at probably close to like a 65 percent on your first round picks otherwise you're fucking toast um but you've got to be at 50 percent for all your picks so if you've got a bunch of picks and half those dudes work out you got yourself a team man the bears basically said we are a team that is weirdly built to win now i don't think they're actually built to win but there there's a lot of veterans on the bears team there's a lot of money tied up in the defense on the bears and they're going, all right, well, we got to get a quarterback. You've got Andy Dalton. I don't even know if, if the fucking kid starts over Andy Dalton this year, but bringing in Tevin yeah. Jenkins really does solidify that offensive line. It helps at least on the left side. gives you a really off athletic offensive tackle <laughs> to maintain protection for your, you know, for your young Justin Fields. Yeah. Okay, so there's a little bit into the tackles that we didn't talk about, and then uh, edge rushers. You're kind of saying it's not, it wasn't a uh, strong edge rusher class. It took a while for them, honestly, to start going off the board. The first was J- uh, Jalen Phillips to Miami, I think, at 18. I'm pretty sure yeah, that's and, the, Yeah, and he was, but the problem, and it depends on how you think about Jamin Davis, um, yeah. you know, the linebacker out of Kentucky. Um, but I thought it was going to be Quiddy Pay. I actually had Quiddy Pay as my number one. Um, he didn't go too much longer after that. He went 21 nope. to the Colts. Right. But uh, Pay was one of the guys that I actually had with a mid-first-round grade, so I thought the Colts got a little bit of value there in him falling to 21, which for a, a pure pass rusher is actually pretty good. Um, and then you you really didn't see a, a ton of guys go off the board. I thought Peyton Turner got taken way too high by the New Orleans Saints. Um, I thought Gregory Rousseau getting taken by Buffalo was actually great. I had, I had Rousseau with a questionable first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Our first round grade because he basically took this entire year off, but his tape last year was really, really good. And physically, the guy's just a freak. So him going to Buffalo at thirty is Buffalo just saying, "Yeah, we still make our money on defense." So, you know, if it's Rousseau, um, he'll be on a pretty fucking good defensive line, and he'll be able to rotate in and really cause some trouble. All right, nice. Well, so there you go. There's where the tackles and the edge rushers, that's what we weren't able to talk about, at least for first-round guys. Obviously, we would have gotten more in-depth with some more guys there too, but let's kind of talk about, let's start with the positives. What were some drafts we like? If we go by team, what was a team's drafts that you thought stood out for you? Well, I I love the Chargers draft. You know, um, you kind of have to look at, I look at it this way. What teams picked my elites? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's a good way for me to think about it. And I I always I loved the fact that the Chargers walked away not only with an, one of my three elites, but in the second round they also picked up uh, you know a guy with a pretty good fucking uh, bloodline in Asante Samuel Jr. <laughs> yeah, I liked you're right, and I think that was another way that I looked at these drafts. I liked picked as well. I was like, well, the first two do they make sense? Their first two guys they got. 
Are they going to start right away? Do I think they're going to make a difference on their team? And Chargers were certainly one. Uh, I like uh, the, and I don't know if you like this or not. I like the Giants, and I like what they did. Yeah. Now I did one too, thing, I think the Giants wanted an Alabama wide receiver, and I'm pretty sure at the moment they were cursing your Cowboys for letting the mm-hmm. Eagles just jump them and go pick them. So because the Giants traded way back after that happened, and uh, I think that was with the Bears there. So they trade way back, and then they end up getting though Kadarius Tony from Florida, and I. I like how Kadarius Tony looks. I, he's a short, smaller guy, and you're going to have that worry that he gets lost in the shuffle in the NFL. But I think you're getting a weapon, a guy that can break it at anywhere. And then they got Ojulari in the second round, who had some talk about going in the first round for an edge rusher. Some good picks for the Giants. Yeah, I thought the Giants did pretty well. They addressed some needs. Um, they didn't reach for anybody either. Um, which So whenever I'm grading, I'm grading – how well did you fill your needs or your perceived needs or weak spots? And did you reach for anybody, you know, or did everybody just kind of fall to you and you got really good value? And I thought the Giants got really good value to all their picks. They, they handled well. They got extra picks for the Justin Fields trade. They handled it really well. I thought Gettleman was moving around and they talked about it a little bit. The Gettleman moved around more than he's ever moved around in his it's entire like he fucking never- career. Yeah, he's never tra- like he barely trades or whatever, and then he did in the first round. They're like, "Oh, we should call him the the mover and shaker, the trade man, or some weird nickname." And it was like, maybe if you're making fun of the guy, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. He had a good day. He had a good uh, weekend. Uh, any other teams stood out for you? Cincinnati Bengals. I actually liked what they did. Um, they picked Jackson Carmen in the second round, so they got another one of our elites, and you know Jamar Chase. And then uh-huh. Jackson Carmen, an offensive tackle, to really address the problems they're having on that line. Um, and then they picked up Joseph Osai, uh, who's a defensive end from Texas. So they needed some pressure on the D-line. So their first three picks were spots where they had trouble and they got good value. Okay. So I really I really liked those picks by the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to point out that the Detroit Lions must be uh, push-up podcast listeners because they took a lot of guys that we watched. Uh, I have to rate them as having a pretty good draft, too. Yeah. Uh, Levi on Wuzurike uh, being in the second-round pick. After getting Penny Sewell, who yeah. I think they drafted Penny because they're like, I'm pretty sure Push-Off likes Penny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but they didn't trade up for him, so they know we didn't give him an elite grade. Somehow. But I thought they Somehow did pretty they well. Uh, Fateh Melifanwu went to him. Amon Saint, Ross St. Brown went to him. Those are middle-round guys, but we talked about both of them in our uh, drafts for their positions, too. So somebody was listening there. You got you to gotta love the Amon Ross St. Brown, man. How, I mean, you can't hate that. Yeah. Uh, late enough, too, that he could still be a weapon, and that that is something the Lions needed. That was one thing. It was like Lions didn't go wide receiver in the first round. They kind of played it smart with Sewell. Amon Ross St. Brown might be playing quite a very quickly because there's not a lot of guys in that wide receiver room anymore. Um, no, it's pretty empty. Yeah. Any, uh, well, I'll just call them questionable drafts. Anything that kind of left your head scratching? Well, I have to, I have to not love my Cowboys draft. Um, I didn't yeah, love we it. we haven't talked. Let's see. <clears throat> yeah. So, the, so the Cowboys, no, I'm not, I was not a fan of the Cowboys draft. So number one, I, I don't love our first round pick. <laughs> I did not love Micah Parsons. Mm. Um, you know, we talked about him being a really athletic linebacker. I went back and listened to my scouting of him. And basically the the whole point that I was making was, don't believe the hype. There's problems here. Ooh. You know, there's problems on tape. There's athleticism that's definitely present, but there's problems. 
the one saving grace I will say is he's on a defense or he's especially in a linebacker group where if you're just super athletic, there's good guys in that group that can say, go be a missile, you know? So that's the one advantage is he has Jalen Smith, you know, he has Leighton Vander Esch there. So if anything, he's the third linebacker in that group right now, who's just going to be tasked with, you know, rushing the passer and, you know, being kind of a, an, an athlete, a sideline to sideline guy. So that could be good. Yeah. Um, I thought we reached with Kelvin Joseph there in the second round. I thought he would have been available. I thought almost all of our draft picks would have been available around later. And we passed up really, really good guys. Trevon Morig in the second round going right before Kelvin Joseph really burned my biscuits. Yeah. Because um, he's like our number one safety prospect, a real first-round grade. I was like, oh, my God, the Cowboys are lucking into this. Boom, the Raiders go and snap him up. Um, the one thing they did do that I thought was great is they took uh, Jabril Cox in the fourth round. Okay. And I know I just said that my linebacker room is full, but I always say take the best player available. And in the fourth round, Jabril Cox was definitely the best player available there. Um, yeah. The dude was fucking – he fell for unexplained reasons. And inside he's LSU – a great coverage linebacker. Yeah. There's a, and there's a pedigree there, inside LSU run, uh, linebackers that – then usually they work out. Um, yeah, they're I, not bad, traditionally. I kind of hinted at it talking about my Vikings trade with the Jets. I don't know about what they did. Uh, other than trading a lot for a guard uh, in a first-round pick, uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson kind of comes off to me. I mean, you don't. He's like the flavor of the month kind of guy. He reminds me of that Blake Bortles that shot up the draft boards right before the beginning. Nobody yeah. talked about him until he. I mean, and, and he had a great year, but I think we're only talking about a year. And when was the last time a quarterback came into New York Jets and turned that franchise around? I mean, Chad Pennington for a hiccup, maybe, but yeah. oh, Mark Sanchez after that, maybe, but yeah, that's it. Maybe yeah. uh, one flash to the playoffs, and then they fell back down to earth. Um, one thing I found funny about the Jets' picks later on is uh, they take Michael Carter, the other running back for North Carolina, and uh, ESPN that I'm watching is showing a Duke corner pack, and I'm like, oh, did he play cornerback at some point and transfer from Duke? No, no, that's <laughs> a different Michael Carter. Uh, but don't worry. Jets also drafted him a couple rounds later. <laughs> they got all the Michael Carters. It's it's good to really corner the market on Michael Carters, if you can. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a draft technique that some people really like to use, but um Yeah, it's there's just a couple a stupid, yeah. I, I didn't hate the Jets draft. I really didn't. Um okay. I thought especially on the top end they did okay. I thought the the Eagles had a pretty decent one, but you know whose draft I did not like? Tell me. The Houston Texans, because they didn't <laughs> fucking have one. Yeah. Texans, yeah, no, and that's that's past's fault, too. And, and you know, Seahawks drafted three players this year themselves. So some some people, the Rams kept trading back. Like Some, some teams just don't like draft picks. I don't know why. There, there is one team that I will give, I will give a gambler's kudos to, hmm. um, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Okay. The Miami yeah. Dolphins picked some dudes that could be boom, boom, or absolute fucking total busts. Um, they took Jalen Waddle, who yeah. I don't think was even the second best wide receiver on the board, uh, as the second best wide receiver on the board. They took Jalen Phillips at 18, which I think is way too high for Jalen Phillips, but the dude's athleticism is fucking crazy. And they took Javon Holland a little high in the second round, but he has all the athleticism you're looking for. And Liam Eichenberg, from Notre Dame. So they were a very top-heavy draft. They had four picks in the first two rounds. Yeah. And I feel like they gambled on all of them. I don't think any of them were like, 
surefire prospects, but they all have really high athletic ceilings. So if if Miami can make it happen, that's going to wind up being a really nice draft for them. That's a very good way of putting it. You're right. Like Jalen Phillips, everybody's like, well, I mean, yeah, he he was a kind of an up and down you know season Miami, but Miami, Miami here. If anybody knows him, it's Miami. And you're like, okay, maybe that's a stretch, yeah. but I like it. I hope he does it, well. It's, it's not that you didn't have local scouts on the job. Yeah, you know, at like least that, they they didn't give you that hint of like, oh, are we going to replace Tua? Here's our insurance for Tua. No, they were like, maybe we're fucking up. Maybe we need to give this previous first-round draft pick uh, what used to be the star of the NCAA football. Maybe we should give him a chance. And thankfully, it looks like they are with Not these picks. Not a bad picks. idea. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't love the Bears draft because I thought they gave up too much. So I thought they had good value in their picks, but that's going to cost them down the road in terms of being competitive, so I, I can't give that a great grade. But I did not like the Green Bay Packers draft at all. No, none of, none of their picks? No, I think the only guy that I actually liked was, uh, I thought Amari Rogers was taken a little bit too early. I know that they're high on the guy out of Clemson, but that's way too early for him. I thought Royce Newman out of Ole Miss was a pretty good pick for them okay. um, in the fourth round. I thought he had like a late second, third round grade. But aside from that, Eric Stokes out of Georgia, I, I didn't love it. I didn't think he was the best corner available. I was um, surprised to see him go in the first round. Josh Myers, though, Ohio State, I mean, they had to replace Lindsey, and he, he's going to be a solid start usually, Ohio State. Yeah, they replaced – they basically went, hey, Corey Lindsley's leaving. Let's find another Ohio State center right. and plug him in. Let's see if that works. Um, let's, let's spend a little time on the new QBs and their new positions yeah. here for the NFL because this was a hit for QBs, uh, one, two, three, four, five in the first round. Eight in the top three rounds. Uh, honestly, yeah. eight in the top two rounds and two picks, or three picks, or whatever it is. They're right at the top of the second round, and everything went boom, boom, boom. Uh, but the first round obviously starts with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. Um, he's already down there screaming Duval. Uh, we've seen him <laughs> in the jersey. Duval? It's, it, it's going to be quite interesting, but I'm excited to finally see Trevor Lawrence as an NFL player. Yeah, I mean the hype machine is over, right? It's, right. And now, now it's not hype machine. Now it's fucking do your job. Yeah. Show the fuck up, make it happen. And we talked about it a little bit. Jacksonville is not devoid of talent. You know, they got good wide receivers. They they did address the offensive line. You know, we'll we'll see if Walker Little actually gets his fucking career back on track. He could be something. Um, yeah. I still think it was a little high to take him in the second round, but whatever. Um, but Trevor Lawrence has got to answer the fucking bell right now. And uh, you know, I'm hoping. He struggles enough that he has to cut his hair. <laughs> I like it. I don't like the long hair. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. I'd like to see Jaguars get some extra uh, success going there. And, yeah, it's very interesting now. I talked about my my questions with Wilson. Uh, but, again, he could – like I said, he kind of reminds me like a Baker Mayfield. I think if uh, there's enough talent around him and that's what the Jets are trying to do, they certainly are rebuilding that offensive line. Maybe – Maybe this is the uh, end of all of that <laughs> bad Jets luck with Q- QBs going in the first round. Well, the Jets didn't have terrible luck with Mark Sanchez. They just drafted him way too fucking high. Like, Mark Sanchez's grade was not the number five overall pick. Right. You know? And the Jets were kind of like, hey, we need a quarterback to be ready to go. Um, whereas I wish they had just invested in a fucking, you know, veteran, <laughs> some sort of veteran. Um, and then, you know, you, you had to feel like Sam Darnold, they reached for him a little bit. The, I, they're reaching got, again for a guy you, like Zach Wilson. Yeah, 
But at the same time, at least they're going, all right, we got Zach Wilson. Now let's address the other massive, gla- like, glaring holes we have on this team. Uh, and so. let's not just hope the Zach Wilson fixes it. And then at three was the one we didn't know that was the, you know, it was going to be one of these QBs, and it ends up being Trey Lance. I was honestly a little surprised. I felt like all of the smoke was heading towards Mac Jones there, but the Niners were going to have to pick the QB they liked with those two off the board, and they liked Trey Lance. Well, I thought the smoke was heading them towards Justin Fields because when uh-huh. you keep hearing, like, you know, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, it's like, all right, it's not going to be Mac Jones. Um, but Trey Lance going number three, this is another one where it's like, I, I know you guys said you liked whoever was there, but there's a big, like, difference in the species of quarterback that Trey Lance is versus Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even versus Justin Fields. I thought Justin Fields was, like, heads and shoulders above the motherfucker. So Trey Lance, if. The thing they are doing well is they said, hey, we're taking Trey Lance, and this is a guy we're going to groom behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's really the only chance Trey Lance had because Trey Lance was not going to come in and compete and be ready on an NFL level this year. If they're taking him to do this as like a Colin Kaepernick thing, where it's like, hey, just you know, out-compete the starter, and the starter's going to go down with an injury, just get in there when yeah. you can. Yeah. Then that's maybe not a bad idea, but I don't think Trey Lance, I don't think they want Trey Lance to see the field this year. This is a move that is made by a front office and a coaching staff that feels like they've got a lot of rope. Perhaps. And and I think we can say that about everyone outside of Lawrence and Wilson because there is quarterbacks there that you could throw ahead of them just to kind of take the barrage of, of hits early on before these guys are ready. But your first-round pick, and I think with these top five, uh, if they don't start by week one, by week five, we're looking at them because there's not a better situation too much ahead of them. Garoppolo, let's move on. Bears with Fields with uh, Dalton in front of him, and I guess Nick Foles is still in that room. And then Patriots who have just Cam Newton coming back who fell apart at the end of the second. You know, you can't tell me that Mac Jones isn't going to be in there at some yeah. point next year. I think all of these first-round guys are in there by week five. I, I think I think we'll know whether they want Mac Jones in there by the type of offense Cam Newton comes out running. True, very um, true. And sorry, not comes out not comes out running. So if Cam Newton doesn't come out running, yeah, <laughs> uh, then this is more of a Same traditional, yeah. yeah, more of a traditional offense that they're kind of lay the groundwork for Mac Jones to take over because they really did change the offense to suit a more limited Cam Newton. If Newton's healthy and Newton's back to being, I mean. He's never going to be what he was. He's never going to be MVP caliber. But if Newton can get back to being a proficient and efficient NFL quarterback who can run, they will happily keep Mac Jones on the sideline and be glad that he just fell to them at 15 and is a yeah. potential quarterback of the future. They yeah. didn't trade up to get this guy. This is this is another way you damn a quarterback is by trading up to get him. Yeah. I, I really can't think of a lot of situations where trading up to get a fucking quarterback worked out for anybody. It's been bad, and we've we've kind of glossed on that, that it has been bad for a while. And so let's talk about the Bears with Justin Fields for a little bit. We we talked about our worriness of whoever took over for Chicago, given what they're mm-hmm. going through. We talked about Ohio State and their quarterbacks and their history of them. All that being said, and even you being like, I don't really like how much the Bears gave up for this, we had to see this coming. This was a mile away coming because it's Ryan Pace and – Matt Nagy trying to save their jobs. What do they care giving up for future first-round picks to come up here and get this guy? They had to get somebody. After Russell Wilson fell through and the Deshaun Watson thing blew up in everybody's face, 
they were like, well, we have to leave this draft with one of those top guys. Now, what I think really worries me is they had to choose between Fields and Jones. And Mm -hmm. they did trade up far enough that they had a choice between those two. And I think they chose right between those two, personally myself too. Again, depending on the offense you're running, that might be. Sure. Um, But, yeah, and so it's one of two things. Either your job's already gone, and then who cares what happens with Justin Fields in Chicago if you're naggy and pace, or you just saved your jobs and, you know, you mortgage the future in order to do it. But at least you still have a job there. Well, I think unless the Bears make the playoffs this year, Pace and Nagy are both gone. Yeah, I do too. I think as we extended the playoffs, we added an extra game. Yeah. I think the only thing that's bought them is nobody's going to scream at them in the grocery store anymore. You know, (laughs) I think that's that's all they bought is that people will stop accosting me in public because I'm like, I got a guy. I got a guy. Leave me alone about the fucking Trubisky thing. It's over. uh, We live in the greater Chicagoland area now. We can't even say Chicago. The greater Chicagoland area. So we're still around a bunch of Bears fans. Everyone I've talked to, they're happy about this move. They were, quote, surprised but uh, elided. So that's good for the fan base right now, and that's good news for Ryan Pace and his job. Yeah, it's the Bears fans freaked the fuck out when they signed Andy Dalton. Yeah, I would have too. Oh, my God. They're like, that's the plan is Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a wonderful backup plan. Sure. We talked about that too, yeah. You can't be the guy. So this basically says Andy Dalton is the backup plan or the veteran holding the spot until Fields is ready to take it. Either way, I think what Fields, what Pace and Nagy did, even though they're basically going to get fired, because name the last time a rookie quarterback with a rebuilding team took them anywhere. Like, you had the Seahawks that were fucking... Legion of Boom, middle of their Legion of Boom, and they right. took Russell Wilson. Ben Roethlisberger was on a really good Steelers team that was carried there. This is a Bears team that I don't think can carry anybody to the playoffs right now. Not with their wide receiver core the way it is. Not with their offensive line the way it is. But I think they won't be disgusting, and you'll see a little hope for Justin Fields, but that's not going to be enough to save Pace and Nagy's job. Okay. We'll see. If uh, Fields and... Um uh, Tevin, uh, Jenkins, if they both yeah. turn out to be solid starters uh, halfway through this season, I think they deserve it. I think they deserve at least another, but like you said, if they don't make the playoffs, I agree with you. I think they are gone either way. Um, uh, later round QBs, the Buccaneers, obviously Tom Brady can't play forever. Question mark. So they yeah. get Kyle Trask from Florida at the end of the second round. Um, yeah. Okay. Buccaneers, I think, were playing with a full deck this whole draft. Like, who do we want? Who do we want? It doesn't matter. Yeah, the Buccaneers let a guy that they probably liked, once again, probably had him pretty heavily scouted. Yeah. Um, Gainesville, not too far from Tampa Bay. Um, They probably like Trask. They realize that Trask is a very statuesque quarterback that isn't exactly wiggling wiggling outside the pocket Um, and didn't have exactly like a fucking cannon for an arm. So this is a guy that you can... Say, hey, watch Tom Brady do it. Like, really watch the fucking guy do it and see how that goes. Um, that There's also not a great history of that, though. Like, name the last guy that was brought in to back up a legend yeah. and became a legend himself. Steve Young. You know? That's it, yeah. That, that's pretty much it. And I guess you could probably say Philip Rivers 
you know, oh, not to yeah. that degree of success, but that's Given about that, it. Given uh, that Breeze was there for a year or something with him, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, Breeze Breeze kept him on the bench for two years. Two years, okay. and so, but you you look at it and you go, well, fuck, man, that doesn't happen a lot. Like you don't have no, not anymore. the fucking next guy on the bench behind the legend. It just the legend is too much. You can't. A tree can only grow with so much light, and if if one tree produces so much shade, it it kills the other tree. There you go. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm uh, getting into botany out here in the in the suburbs. But Trask fits uh, the Brady offense, so that's a nice slip in in case like if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are very good and destroying everybody, then in the fourth quarter Trask can come in. You know, and give mm-hmm. give the old uh, bones some rest. Uh, <laughs> after that, we had the quick picks. The Vikings took Kellen Mond. The mm-hmm. Texans took Davis Mills. Um, Vikings with Mond, I- I'll say for mine, um, he looks like another slender-built quarterback. I'm worried about those knees. God bless all the knees, and they never be hurt. <laughs> he hasn't had any problems, but that's what they said about Teddy Bridgewater, and then, oh, boy. But Kellen Mond, uh, yeah, he looks quick. He looks like that mobile QB that can buy yourself time. I think that's one thing this Vikings offense is missing, and it's something Kirk Cousins can't give you. So that's exciting, but uh, he's probably a bridge at best QB. I'm not getting my hopes up that he's the future or anything like that. Um, yeah. He, he might I, – I don't want uh, Vikings fans to be like, you know, in those that stretch where Kirk Cousins has like plays like shit for two, three weeks in a row, a couple of road games. That happens around week four, week five every year. I don't want them to be like, oh, God, give me the rookie and now because somebody will. You're like, no, he was a third-round pick for a reason. Lay off it, but that's Kellen yeah, Mond. It, that's why I feel about that pick. It, you don't want Mond in there this year. You no. know, maybe maybe the clamoring is valid next year if Kirk struggles. But I mean, yeah. why put at, pull out the guy who's going to be a future MVP of Kirk? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. I laugh. Uh, Texans getting Davis Mills with their first pick of this draft <sighs> is huge in telling about what the mess is there. You ever you ever get hired at a place that uh, you're like, okay, so what happened to the manager that worked here before me? And they're like, oh, I fired him. He sucked. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what about the manager before him? Oh, he fi- he was fired because he sucked. Okay. Um, when was the last time you had a good manager? Now we just keep hiring bad managers. <laughs> you go, am I a bad manager? <laughs> yeah. that, this is not a good track record. Am I just coming into a shit situation because I'm shit? And I'm, like, fucking desperate? Are you desperate? Like, is this ever going to work? And so you think about a guy like Davis Mills is just like, ah, the cupboard's pretty fucking bare here. And they're like, yeah, no one blames you for it. He goes, I don't care if nobody blames me for it, but you're going to put me on the field with these donkeys. Like, I mean, yeah. And and Davis Mills, like, you know, you know you're a third-round pick when the Houston Texans are picking first overall next year you think you're gonna be the fucking guy right. that they look at and go ah oh, he's not the problem yeah you know? and he's yeah completely different player than deshaun watson it doesn't seem like a fit there but it do- it doesn't really matter right now they're gonna need a body to play that position yeah. perhaps if deshaun's not playing in the league who knows um and then to, to wind it up because there's only two more qbs taken in this draft uh the notre dame qb ian book goes to the saints and uh Sam Ellinger, who we talked about for Texas, we did his on the tape, uh, goes to the Colts. His brother passed away this weekend. That's terrible news. Sam Ellinger's brother? Yeah, Sam Ellinger's brother played linebacker at uh, Texas. He was a walk-on kid that uh, he died at 19. Oh. Uh, never actually saw the field at Texas. So 
I mean, I fucking, we talked about Ellinger being like a real team leader and the fact that like you, you have one of the best moments of your life, you know, and you celebrate it with your family. And then a week later, your fucking brother is dead. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. Like I heard that Ellinger story and I, you know, we've scouted Sam Ellinger, you know, I like him. And then just hearing that his brother passed away, I was like, oh, that's fucking brutal. Like having kids and the idea of kids dying for some reason affects me way more than it ever did before. Uh, you know, it's mysterious. For some reason. We don't know You what know happened. the reason. Yeah. Well, for sure. <laughs> but I used to be a soulless, non-empathetic robot person that could really just judge these people for what they are, yeah, which is family. mindless automatons. But now I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's, you know, you, you wonder what that's going to do to a guy's career too. Yeah. You know, a guy who's a sixth round pick, are you going to get your head right? Is it, you know, Sam Ellinger's not a guy with like a ton of physical skills that we're talking about. Is this a guy that's now going to push even harder as a leadership position? Is Carson Wentz going to get usurped by a suddenly filled with the fucking spirit of vengeance Sam Ellinger? I just, well, and you this know, is a whole new question, host of things now. Yeah, and all the question marks around Carson Wentz that it, it's probably smart that the Colts get some other bodies in that room. Um, those are the quarterbacks. Those are quarterbacks drafted. Uh, other big things about this draft, um, again, we have two Alabama, which we knew this was going to happen, two Alabama wide receivers going, uh, more Alabama cornerbacks going. It's a big, big old draft of Alabama players, top-heavy anymore. Um, there were, there's been 10 Ohio State draft picks each of the last two years, this year 10, last year 10. Wow, it's huge too, and you think there's only so many starters on a team every year, and um, then we had Northwestern getting like their not only first but first two first overall draft picks this yeah. year in this draft. Uh, exciting times for those colleges. Do you remember a couple years ago um, when Megatron and uh, Demarius Thomas both came out of Georgia Tech, who oh, yeah. had like never produced a wide receiver, like literally didn't throw the ball, like they threw the ball like. 10 times a game and they produced Demarius Thomas and, uh, and fucking Megatron. And everybody was like, Oh, this is now the new wide receiver central. And then they haven't produced like a pro ready talent since colleges are so fucking weird, man. Like some of these dudes, some of these places are just factories. Ohio state's a factory. LSU is yeah. a factory. Uh, Alabama of course is a factory. It's fun to see places like Notre Dame, get on there you know it's it's fun to see those mid-level teams that all like kentucky had a fucking ton of dudes get taken um and you're and you're like was kentucky good this year and the answer is no but they had a lot of talent so you hope whoever that coach was got fucking fired (laughs) uh yeah yeah that stuff is always fun to see and it's like we've made very clear on this show it's about the only time of year where we kind of pay attention to college football uh there has the news is broke though that uh they're going to start paying these college athletes for their lo- you know, video game uh, uh, pictures and things like that on, on the EA Sports is apparently making a game. So get ready. They say they'll be ready in 2023 to get so this excited. game out. And everybody I read was like, oh, good for them. They're taking their time with it. I was like, you know, they're going to just slap on different skin jerseys from the Madden games they give you every year and go, have fun. <laughs> but I want it now. Engine. I'll still well, give it, you 60 bucks for it. <laughs> the game engine for NCAA and Madden was always the same. The thing yeah. that NCAA did so fucking well was the career shit, like how to build your program mm. and, you know, scouting and shit like, oh, God, 
I love it. Just thinking about it makes me excited for two years from now. So we'll get a chance. Uh, and then finally with college, uh, college teammates. That was a big thing on this draft. Uh, we said Jamar Chase going back with uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, will that work? Uh, should they have gotten them offensive line help or not? More than that. Got in the second round. Yeah, I'm very excited to see that, uh, how that works. Um, kind of with uh, Hurts and Devonta Smith going back there with the Eagles. Devonta Smith wasn't really Hurts' weapons at that time, but that's yeah. still kind of neat. And then uh, in the same draft, in the same first round, the Jaguars get not only uh, Trevor Lawrence, but his uh, release valve in Travis Etienne. The, to me, so I don't know, Burrow and Chase make a lot of sense, but you've got Lawrence going, oh, I recognize this guy. He's always the guy I dump it off to when I don't have time back here. <laughs> and now he's wearing this team's colors. Like these might be uh, low ball genius moves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer's like, do you like each other? No? Great, perfect. Play together forever. But <laughs> yeah. still, like, Still keep that fucking rapport. Yeah, Etienne, I thought was I thought they took Etienne a little too high. I didn't sure. love Travis Etienne, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that understands. So there is some risk to this, right? Is you you might fall back into your college rhythms, mm-hmm. and uh, the rhythm is a little different here in the pros, gentlemen. Get uh, lit up. Tra- yeah. yeah, Travis Etienne at five foot nine, all of a sudden is not exactly a pass pro specialist. Uh, so I I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be quite so thrifty just leaving him to fucking block the blitzing linebacker anymore. So we'll see what happens down in Jacksonville. Yeah. But yeah, I like I love the Chase and Burrow one maybe most of all. Okay, uh, well that's the draft uh, again. That was Cleveland. We got actual live uh, audience again. You had the commissioner up on the stage. He brought his Sparkle Lounge up there for God knows why, but it was exciting. It's it's kind of returning back to normalcy. Uh, I got my first of two COVID shots myself right now. How are you doing, Dan? You full? I'm I'm full of the COVID. Fully vaxxed. So, yeah. Who knows? Maybe one of these days we do it in person again. Who knows? Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, But draft next year in Vegas, we've already been discussing. Maybe we want to make it over there because watching on TV is just not as exciting as being there uh, when we were there in Nashville. My wife has never been to Vegas. Uh Um. When that draft rolls around, the babies will be over a year old, which is right about the time when you can like leave them alone with somebody else for a weekend. <laughs> so I'll be like, we are going to fucking Vegas. Scott and I are going to do draft stuff, and uh, you and you and Renee can do something else. Just dump the wives off to at the pool or something. All right. Yeah, you think our wives yeah, are going to be um, mad if if we don't talk football to them for an entire week and they just get to sun themselves by the pool? Sounds like a fucking dream scenario for us. Like we wouldn't still be talking football for. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, uh, it, that was the that was the 2021 draft. Uh, what a wonderful weekend that was! I had a lot a blast doing it. We were on live on Instagram there for a little bit doing it. Um, it was a fun night. So uh, let's move on. There's more to discuss, and my battery's down to one bar, and I don't know when it'll turn itself <laughs> off. Uh, let's talk about this Aaron Rodgers drama. This is big drama here. Uh, who knows what's going on? But it seems that it, him and the Green Bay Packers are not in good. Good talking terms. I mean, we we heard it at the end of the uh, championship game, uh, lost to the Buccaneers, where they asked Rodgers, you know, and he's like, you know, who knows uh, what the future holds, myself included. Those were the words that rang out of his mouth at that time, and we should have taken his words for it back then. Uh, but uh, it seems that Adam Schefter just was reminding all of us that this is still going on. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you this much, man. I don't know what package you could put together for Aaron Rodgers, but what is two years of Aaron Rodgers worth to you? I mean, he's coming off an MVP season, and arguably you didn't give him enough weapons. I mean, Devonta Adams is awesome, but arguably he had a good running back, a good wide receiver, and a aging offensive line last year, and he won MVP. So it, the sky's the limit, but I think it gets curtailed because he doesn't want to play there. Um, here we are again, uh, Green Bay. This is, you know, same story. Uh, as always, I remember this, uh, just, uh, you know, a few years, you know, a decade and a half back, um, <laughs> they, there's, it doesn't seem like it's moving towards a, a patch up. Everything I've heard now makes me feel like, well, you've got to move him then because the other options are sitting on his contract or he retires and goes host jeopardy or whatever. Uh, and that doesn't seem like it's going to help out anybody. Are you going to get back what he's worth? Absolutely not. You can't. No, you I don't can't. think there's a number out there that you can. Uh, but if he's not going to play for you, then what are you doing with him? You know, you're just sitting on that big ass contract. And I'll tell you this much: Do you know how old Brett Favre was when he stopped playing in Green Bay? Thirty. I know. I know the numbers are pretty close to lined up. Yeah, you really know, close. So I didn't write down a crazy stat, but I think that's it for this show. My crazy stat is uh, no uh, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers has played past to their 16th season with this team. <laughs> Favre, retire- Favre left, well, forced out retirement uh, uh, after his 16th season. Bart Starr left after his 16th season. And Aaron Rodgers just completed his 16th season. That's a long time to be anywhere. Oh, sure. But it's also a long time to feel, like, even for a year. If you're Aaron fucking Rodgers, can I get some fucking deferment? You know, can we can we get a little respect for the greatest, potentially, quarterback of all time? Right. Uh, in terms of just sheer watching him play the fucking game. Like, there's only been a couple quarterbacks I've ever watched where I was like, oh, I'd watch this guy play in any era ever. And it's I, I don't like watching Tom Brady play. I don't. I'm sorry. Um, but I like watching Aaron Rodgers play. I loved watching Peyton Manning play. I feel like you could put them on any team anywhere and they make them instantly better. Oh, shit. And, God, just to I be the Packers. You're kind of tipping on what the issue actually is with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, obviously, it's the whole you're not talking to him. He has no idea who's getting drafted before he sees it on ESPN. And as a star QB, MVP, you know, the franchise face, I wouldn't like that either. But I think he's seeing that Tom Brady is going to be talked over him forever. And honestly, how do you talk about Aaron Rodgers when you survived in this time where Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, um, they've all gone to Super Bowls multiple times and won with different teams even. And now Tom, uh, Aaron Rodgers goes, I could do that. And he's probably right. He probably could go to a handful of other teams and be enough to get them over that hip to, to win the Super Bowl. Because how many times has he been on the, the footstep of it for his team just to come up short? And I don't know how much of it was like Aaron Rodgers just thrown three interceptions this game and Aaron Rodgers lost the game. I don't remember that being the case. So I think that's what's driving this guy nuts deep down inside. Well, the other contributing factor is he's engaged now. 
Yep. And he's engaged to a young lady who has family out in the Colorado area. Okay. And he's thinking about potentially starting a family. And I can tell you that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any family of his own because <laughs> he fucking <laughs> ostracized them and uh, you know told them to go pound sand. So he's going to need somebody to help him raise these fucking kids. Listen, Aaron, you might be the great, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but I hope you get fucking twins, and I hope they twist your ass up because, God, they're awful. <laughs> Having twins is insane. Yeah. So, And I'm hoping that Shailene Woodley, yes, I know his girlfriend's name. She was, she was one of the uh, Gwen Stacy's. Uh, no, yeah. not the Gwen Stacy. She played Mary Jane in the second iteration of the. Is that right? She, I remember. I know her from the uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, interesting. I don't yeah. think I've ever watched that. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, it's they want to start a family, and if you want to start a family, you don't want to start it in fucking Wisconsin, uh, especially if you're a you know a fucking actress. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Do Chicago Fire? You know, you're going to come down every week and uh, commute for Chicago Fire, but you can Perhaps, get to L.A. Yeah. pretty quick from Denver. Uh, maybe that's the case, and and then it makes life a little bit easier for him for the next couple of years. But like you said, Aaron Rodgers, two, three more years, you know, he can he can commute. <laughs> he can spend True. some time. I mean, if you're dating a football player, you're not paying attention to him halfway through the season anyway, most of that season Fair. or whatever anyway. So uh the one thing i will say because obviously this aaron Rodgers story is ongoing today they said the packers offered him a a nice lengthy uh new contract you know in hopes that that appeases him i don't think that's the issue so we'll see if it does um aaron Rodgers. i mean there would have to be quite a bit of sweeping under the rug at this point but anyways if it were to happen if aaron Rodgers is gone from green bay then I look at myself and these Minnesota Vikings and go, oh, my God, you have to go right now. Right now is the, your moment because you have a brand-new QB in Chicago, probably rookie starting. You've got brand-new QB in Detroit, uh, Jared Goff, that won't step in and like light it up immediately. And then, what, Jordan Love probably? Yeah. Oh, my God, this is, your, this is your division. If you don't win Trade this division – everybody's fired because yeah. they just opened up the road for you. And that would be valid. You know, a, a Jordan love led Packers team and a Justin field led bears team and a Jared Goff led. So, you know where my hopes are, you know, where should, my love yeah. and my heart is going uh, when it skips a beat. Like I got the text from my brother when this news broke on the day of the draft and he goes, you hate to see it. <laughs> That's all it said. And we Could knew how sarcastic that comment was. Yeah. Um, now there's a whole backstory of like, why did Schefter come out with this now? It's not breaking news. He decided on the draft day, like this was ongoing. This is something that was always happening. And I just figured how much longer till somebody else steals my thunder. So I figured, ah, whatever. And the story's still there. Aaron Rodgers is not wanting to come back and play. And the Packers are shitting themselves because they don't have another option. Well, the backup plan is the same backup plan they had at the end of Favre's career. You know, yeah. where it's, hey, we got this young kid on the bench we think might be pretty good. I don't um, think they do. I don't think they do think he's very good right now. Well, I don't know how much they loved Aaron Rodgers at the, you know, before Favre left. Perhaps. You know? So, you know, it wouldn't it just be the fucking biggest kick in your tits, though, if Jordan Love turns in oh, <laughs> another God. generation? For everybody. I don't think it should even be for Vikings. But, yeah, if you can go from back to back to back like franchise QBs, Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, back to back wasn't fair. No, it wasn't. We look at Colts, we look at that's why Rogers going to Denver also doesn't feel fair. 
Because what Denver just gets every uh, aging MVP, future Hall of Famer QB <laughs> to go win some Super Bowls? No, I ain't, I ain't subscribing to that shit either. I'm sorry, Vikings it's tried it, the didn't win. work. You don't get to do it. It's All right, a, it's a brand new club. There's like the Hall of Fame and then the Hall of Broncos QBs. That's right. Um, I hate to move along. I'm having a blast, but I'll, now I have no bars on this uh, battery thing. Oh, let's go. <laughs> um, we want to talk about Juwan James. Juwan James gets injured, and we don't know. I don't think we know yet what the Broncos are going to do. Speaking of Broncos, he's their starting right tackle. There's a lot of money there, but he didn't technically get injured in any OTAs because they're not really doing OTAs. So well, they can pull all his they're money. Offering. They're offering. They're the offering the OTAs. It's, it but becomes a building. big – because he kind of got hurt training on his own, right? Exactly. So it's – he was it's not a non-football injury but it's not covered because he wasn't at the team facility doing it you mm. know and this is just some of those things like if you're having mini camps i a lot of times if you're doing something like this and it's not a if a guy gets injured traditionally years in the past if a guy got injured training and it wasn't OTAs or anything like that a lot of times the teams would just cover it but the NFL and the NFLPA are getting into a pissing match about all of these, you know, not non-mandatory mini camps okay. that they're basically saying, "Hey, show up to these mandatory mini camps," and everybody in the NFLPA is like, "No, no, no, fuck you, we're not going to do it." And so now that a guy like Jawan James, Jawan James is going to eat full barrel shit for this because they're going to be like, "Hey, Jawan, you're not going to get fucking paid because you didn't come to the fucking mini camps that we had set up for you. You trained on your own. Now your Achilles popped like a fucking birthday yeah. balloon. So good fucking luck, everybody. Show the fuck up or stay home. Like." Stay home and fucking break your shit. Yep. So, yeah, we see what happens here, but this is the point at guy for NFL versus NFLPA right now and and who gets the time off, yeah. Will there be preseason games this year or not? Look over here. All right. (laughs) The uh, only other things I want to hit up uh, is the new uniform stuff. Cincinnati Bengals released their new uniforms. It's much cleaner. It looks nicer. I did make a comment that 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 number font and then the orange kind of looks like like the Bears alternates, but I still like them. The road jerseys are pretty much like their color rush ones, and we all love their color rush. So, congrats, yeah. Bengals! You didn't scrub, you didn't touch the helmet. You did all right. I like it. <laughs> Uh, and then the new numbers, the new setup here now that uh, everybody outside of offensive and defensive linemen can change their number and have single-digit numbers now. Cornerbacks, wide receivers, linebackers, all all of these people that, you know, college basically rules now again for NFL numbers. Uh, what we're seeing is interesting. Uh, if you were a player that had a jersey for this team last year, you got to buy off all of your previous own stuff. So Dalvin Cook uh, from my Vikings was number four when he played for Florida State. He looked into what it would cost him in order to uh, buy up all of his stuff for jerseys. It's a couple million. And and then, yeah. like, there's the highlight. Like, oh, my God, NFL's making bank on these guys' names and, and a jersey they wear to play in. But those um, guys are making it too, you know. And they they're... are making it too on that on their end. So obviously, those players, the the star players, you probably won't see them in a new jersey next year unless they have that money to throw around and really, really, really want to. But the rookies and the free agents, yes. Um, Patrick Mike Peterson Parsons. from my Vikings will be seven. Uh, Jamar Chase is one. Will Fuller for the Dolphins will be number three. 
somebody made a comment. Why is he not five? Why not Will Fuller for vegan? Will Fuller five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's number three. Um, Joe uh, Tryon for the Buccaneers, their first round pick will be number nine, the uh, edge rushing linebacker. What do you think about these, Dan? Because this is a very college thing and we're NFL minds. I don't love it. Mm. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a lover of it, but it's only because it's, I don't see it as being fun. Yeah. I see it as being this thing that's like, look at me, look at me. And the only time I think you should be able to say, look at me, look at me, is when you do something fucking cool. So I have no problem, zero problem, with an NFL free agent going, yeah, I'm going to fucking have this new cool fucking number. I don't love that the rookies get to do it. I, I don't know if that makes me like, a, like you haven't fucking done anything yet. Right. You're going to wear the number one jersey, Jamar? You're going to wear it? I know you were an elite grade, but you're going to wear the fucking number one? Okay. It's- I think what we're seeing is... um. The first round guys, the early pick guys, I'm okay with them getting it. You're right. If you were a seventh round, uh, seventh, sixth, seventh round wide receiver and you always wore number two, and you're like, well, I'm going to take two then. You're like, eh, all right. I'd rather give it to the punter at this point, I'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I slap you in a fucking 89 and you run out there, huh? How's yeah. that sound? I do believe, though, that that will be one of the most talked about things when uh, we get into like preseason and televised games whether that's preseason or regular seasons, they'll go, man, this change of the numbers thing is really it. Like announcers, uh, pundits, that'll be a big thing that right now seems like small news, but I wanted to talk about it because I think everybody will be talking about the change when you finally see it with your eyes on the field. Well, you talked about it a little bit. Um, Gregory Rousseau and Jalen Phillips both yeah. played in Miami two separate years, and they both wore fucking 15 on the on the defensive line. And you're like, did they wear the same jersey? Am I watching the same fucking film? It's it, it was one of them sitting out and the other one going there, and they're both in the same draft, talked about yeah. as top draft pick edge rushers. I'm like, nah, something's up here. One so of them was true. great in number 15, and the other one is blended into everyone's mind and goes, I don't. I just remember number 15 on the Hurricanes being good. Yeah. Who knows? Not wrong. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. That was everything I wrote down for this week. We covered the huge NFL draft. We got to open up all our new gifts and meet uh, oh. our, our new good friends and what teams they get to play on next year. And then uh, a little discussion on the news that never quits in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, all this other stuff. Will they, won't they, where will they go? Um, so, yeah, we love that we're back and, and able to do this podcast with you guys. Moving forward, we're in the lull part of the NFL season. I think usually at this point we like to bring on guests and talk about NFL divisions coming into the new season, but we've got some time to do that. So yep. uh, maybe we'll have a little relaxed uh, schedule moving here. Let you know on the Instagram when we got a new show coming up and on the Facebook so you're aware. But really just hit the subscribe button so when these special ones come out, you're there for it. Yeah, and it's, you know, with COVID being what it is, we'd love to meet, you know, our fellow friends in public as long as everybody's right. vaccinated, you know? I mean, shit, we both got suburban houses. Let's have a fucking barbecue and a chit-chat. There you go. We could easily do it, yeah. L- look at us being old-ass dudes. <laughs> so, yeah, so moving forward, uh, we've got uh, some more discussions on their way. Uh, please uh, subscribe and tell your friends here at the Push-Off Podcast uh, as – it's football season 2021 right around the corner. We're going to tell you who we think is going to be going all the way because now we got a good look at rosters. Start uh, siphoning out just who is uh, got the best offensive line in this league and who's still weak at wide receiver. Who might go to 
go trade for Odell Beckham Jr. before the season begins. I don't yeah. know. Who wants Julio? Julio! Who wants? Yeah, who wants Julio? All right, well, let's wrap it up before my uh, recorder does it for me. Um, I don't really – we talked about the crazy stats, so, Dan, let's just jump right to it. Give us a parting word of wisdom. The draft is over. Mm. Now scouting begins again. <laughs> it is t- twenty twenty two mock. Time to look at some early picks of the twenty twenty two draft. Now you got to remember, there was a couple guys that were on like Mel Kiper's big bard. Uh, Chaz Surratt uh, was a first round pick. He wound up going to like the fifth round. So you can look at those early big boards just to give you an idea of guys you may want to watch or keep an ear out for. But for the most part, guys. It, Take her easy. Uh, college football is always a fucking crapshoot. Joe Burrow wasn't on anybody's radar before he had the greatest season by an, by a college quarterback of all time. So let the scouting come to you. You don't have to do it all. You know you don't have to do it. But maybe take a look at a couple names. Keep an ear out for them, um, so that you seem a little bit well and more well informed when we get back into scouting next February. I have to. I have to. You said Chaz Surratt. I think. You meant his brother, Sage Surratt. Chaz Surratt was drafted to the Vikings in the third round. Oh, sorry, round. Sage, yeah. So Sage, Sage must Surratt, have been the other receiver. guy. They're like twins, though, these two. Yeah, you're right. Cool. Yeah, Sage all Surratt, right. the wide receiver. My apologies. That's <laughs> all right. I, Chaz Surratt's going to be, hey, he's going to be a, a kick-ass Viking there in our uh, there side. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much. Another episode of the Push Off Podcast. Get it all at the po- uh, pushoff.com. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Goodbye.